This is Tabletop Antibodies. The concept is we work as antibodies to sift through all the tabletop information out there and attach only to the good stuff, and then we bring it to you. I am Taylor. Joining me are Joshua and Tracy. Say the things. Yo. The things. The things are said. As the show goes, as it's programmed, and we kind of stick to it, we talk about some tabletop conventions, news, some Kickstarters, some other gaming things. Keep it short and sweet and to the point, and hopefully you hear something you like and just check it out. First, conventions. And I realized, guys, after I put this list together, that it's a good time to be alive because there's a lot of conventions this month. I don't know if you guys saw that, but if you're anywhere near California, Texas, Florida, Tennessee, Virginia, you have a lot of options in just tabletop conventions. There's a lot of other ones, too. We have a friend yeah. who's going to a video game convention. And, yes, and there's some other ones, too. But just tabletop, there's like OrkCon in Los Angeles, which, Joshua, you may care a little bit about this because it has Tabletop and also John Wick, the uh, Legends of the Five Rings guy. Oh, yeah, I like him. Yes, and I know Colbeth likes him too. You know, I'm really not clear on what Legends of the Five, Five Rings is, but I have Legends of the Five Rings love letter. Nice. Joshua. <laughs> because the artwork is cool. The artwork is pretty cool. I've got that version too. Legend of the Five Rings is an oriental role-playing game. Uh, based on you know theory of the book, the five rings, uh-huh. uh, five elements: fire, earth, water, air, and void. What what about heart? No. Yeah, no, no heart. <laughs> so they've got void. Yes. Where where heart should be. So uh, it is beautifully done. It's a roll and keep system with a lot of d10s for the role playing game. It's also based on a living collectible card game. Okay. In which they use the tournaments throughout the years to determine the story and the direction it's going. So uh, you're divided into different clans. I'm confused by living collectible card game because I'm familiar with collectible card games and I'm familiar with living card games. Okay. Uh, imagine you know, something similar to you know, Magic the Gathering because that's the one everybody knows. Right. Um, that's divided into different factions, different clans based on different animals. So let's say you pick the scorpion clan and you go and you play in a tournament and you actually win the in just a local tournament. The creators will then ask you, okay, you won your scorpion clan. Here are some options for the story. What do you want to do? Do you okay. want to pick character to give them uh, a story moment? Or do you want your clan to have a victory um, in the game over uh, this other deck that you defeated? And they'll actually alter the story and release, uh, you know, have new releases, new decks cool. of cards, expansions. Nice. Okay, so that's different from the term living card game, which is like um, Netrunner or also there's Lord of the Rings living card game where – it's kind of like a collectible card game, except that instead of buying random packs and hoping you get cards, you just buy a set of the newest cards out, and you have all the cards, and anyone can do that. Cool. Yes, the living – thank you, Joshua, because I had no idea what those things were either. So, yes, John Wick, Legend of Five Rings, he's there. Uh, there's also Rapier, which is in Jacksonville, board gaming tournament, Alcon in Houston – which is uh, RPG and board games, and a bunch of people from Paizo, Paizo, I never know how to say that, from Pathfinder. Yeah, a bunch of people from, from them are there. I don't know, maybe they're based in Houston or they have a bunch of people there. 
Then there's one I found called Purple Bunny Con in Nashville, Tennessee. That is an awesome name. It looked adorable. And it's just it looks like just they've got tables set up for RPGs, whatever. PrezCon is from Charlottesville, Virginia. Another board gaming tournament. So it's a good time for board gaming. And Tracy, you had one that you knew about? Yeah, I just heard about this this week, and it's coming up Valentine's weekend in Raleigh. It's called Playthrough Gaming Convention, and it's the inaugural year, which right now on the website there's, well, it's video games and tabletop games, and there's not a lot of information on the website, but what it says right now is that there will be a vendor's room where they have creators and vendors and people showcasing new games, that kind of thing. They're going to have a free play classic arcade room, free play classic PC game room and a open tabletop gaming room. Really? Yeah. And there's not a lot of information on the website, which someone pointed out to me that they thought that was kind of a, a downside, but it's $15 for a day or $25 for Saturday and Sunday. And I'm like, for that price, I can gamble. Nice. That sounds pretty awesome. Actually, if it's here in Raleigh or close to then I can, yeah, I may check that out. Yeah, it's in Raleigh. And you said it's near Valentine's Day or on Valentine's Day? It's it's the 13th and 14th. Ooh, I can go see Deadpool and play RPG games. <laughs> That'll be nice. So after conventions, we'll talk about some news coming up. And I know, Joshua, you have some awesome stuff. So I'm going to, of course, save you for last. Okay. Because me being a Daikaiju fan, this caught my eye, something called Crisis Tokyo. You play giant monsters or giant robots. Uh it's it's not cooperative at all, which is weird for me. But basically, your giant robots or giant monsters destroying a city, and you're trying to destroy more of the city than your opponent, and you use the heroes to distract the other guy. I don't know. I'm pretty excited about it. It's coming out second quarter. I'm going to hear more. I want to look more about it. There's also, I got some news about the Dresden Files cooperative card game. There is some new art, and I can put the link to that in the show notes. Also, everything we talk about being in the show notes. But there's new art for that. And the best thing about the whole thing is for fans of the books and everything, he's not wearing a hat. So I'm really excited about that. And also, uh, they have said that they're looking for a Kickstarter date in May. They said early 2016, but it got pushed back. But still, that's nice. I'm excited. So what is this fun stuff you have, Joshua? There is Kickstarter for Greater Than Games coming out uh, a little less than a week, February 9th. It is for the final expansion for Sentinels of the Multiverse. Uh, and it's going to be the end of the Sentinels, uh, or the end of the multiverse, as it were. The uh, story, they've been releasing a lot of clues. In fact, now's a good time to get in on it. If you like Sentinels of the Multiverse but aren't really into hunting secret messages and co decoding uh, comic panels from Morse code and things like that, somebody's already done a lot of the work. I saw some of that on Reddit. It was nice. And the forums too. Uh, it's amazing how much work they've put into it. More exciting for me, uh, now that I've finally gotten in a chance to be a playtester for uh, Greater Than Games is that they're working on the role-playing game for Sentinels of the Multiverse. Ooh. Got its own 
Oh, it is amazing. Oh, yeah, we got to play it. Um, I was Tachyon. It was the best thing ever. (laughs) (laughs) And you played her very well. I did, thank you. It's got its own unique uh, system that they're working on. Uh, There's a lot of stuff I can't share about it, except for the fact that it's amazing. But there's a lot of stuff (laughs) they've been releasing uh, public as well. It feels a lot like the comic game. In fact, they've got characters you know, from the Freedom 5. If you're familiar with the game, they've actually got character sheets that you can look and see, and their abilities are you know, similar to the cards. And you play the characters, and they really do feel like those characters. They're also working on, right now, a way that you can make your own hero and play in the multiverse. So a lot of great things coming from there. Uh, I'm sure they'll actually include some info uh, on the Kickstarter next week as well. I didn't know how much about the RPG they have on the Kickstarter. Speaking of Kickstarter's nice segue, Joshua. (laughs) That the Sinnoh's the Multiverse of, this is how I'm pronouncing, Obliveon. Does that look right? Yeah, yeah, that works. Obliveon. I don't know how, that's about the last... uh, expansion for the card game i don't know how much they'll have to do with the rpg but that is coming on the ninth which i am excited about of course and of course the game is fun you know more about what we can't say so i'm just not going to say anything besides it was fun to play and be tachyon is that can i say that you know what that's what i'm saying you can say anything that uh you experienced because all of that is on the public forums I got all of that information before I was a playtester. Okay. Then I can tell people it's fun. Uh, if you've played the Cortex Plus system, this is similar, but personally for me, better. I, I was Anyway, I don't want to get too much into that. I don't like bashing too many things. I think this is just a smoother kind of similar mechanic. I like the way it sets up the scene. I like the way that you play through obstacles. I like the dice. I like the characters. It feels great before I get too much. So anyway, Kickstarters. There's a couple I got. I know you guys have some too. I'll start off with a, it may not be surprising to listeners, but we're going to mention the Fate Kickstarter. Fate More. They've got one up. It's got a couple more days. They've got a, they've, they've definitely reached it. And though usually I don't like talking about Kickstarters that have already reached their goal. I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. I, if you just do $4, you already get the Venture City PDF, which I got and I'm looking through that. Venture City is like their superhero one. I'm excited to play that. I want to do that. Right now, if you go at least, I think like 10, I don't know, you have to look on there. Give some money. It'll be awesome. But you get the Doe Fate of the Flying Temple. You also get Atomic Robo, Majestic 12. Young Centurions, which is Spirit of the Century, which I know, Tracy, you had that a while ago. Yeah. So those are the books that basically, this this Kickstarter is to publish the books in physical format. You get them in PDF whenever you back it. But I got it so I can get a couple books, which I'm kind of excited about. Uh, there's also – actually, before I do that, do you guys have any Kickstarters? Well, this has been kind of a busy month for me in terms of Kickstarters because, well, I've pledged for three and then a couple others have caught my attention. Nice. What would you get? First of all, last I checked, had not quite made the funding. It's called Jane Austen Matchmaker with Zombies, which I can't help but think was, you know, inspired by Pride and Prejudice with Zombies. It had to be, Uh, yeah. Basically, Jane Austen Matchmaker is a game that I've not played, but it came out in 
it's a UK game that has been out for a little while where there's characters from Jane Austen novels and um, basically you you pair people up with other people's characters to get points and you know some simple mechanics that sound like they might be interesting thematically I wasn't crazy about it but the expansion with zombies they basically added zombies that are eating Jane Austen characters which sounds awesome zombies are usually good and so with zombies instead of getting points for matching people up points are based around people being devoured by zombies nice what else did you get uh there's also a game called control which is a time travel game this one has met its goal and the idea with control is it's a card game that plays it, uh, it claims in about five to 15 minutes where people are trapped back in time and you're trying to play cards and in order to fuel your time travel machine before someone else does and so you're trying to fuel yours you're trying to sabotage other people and the first person that can fuel theirs and escape time is the winner that one sounded fun. Nice. One that I haven't backed, but I thought sounded interesting, is called Super Pack, which is a political game. There's actually two political games on Kickstarter right now, Super Pack <laughs> and nice. American Dynasty. American Dynasty seems more robust in terms of mechanics, and Super Pack seems to have a more fun theme, which... I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, I like Ameritrash, I, I like fun themes, and so a game has more appeal to me if it has a fun theme. Nice. As, um, as we all know, one of my favorite games is a political game, and I don't know why. Joshua doesn't know why either, but it is a, I enjoy it. It's political, and I don't even like politics. Another game that I did find, or that I did pledge for, and has met its goal because it's from TMG, otherwise known as Tasty, Tasty Minstrel Games. And it is uh, the makers of games like Eminent Domain and Village. A while back, I funded a game, maybe a year or two ago, called Harbor. Which is an economic game where... Played that. Yeah, you did. And I was even being one of the Kickstarter funders. I was on the message board where we helped name the town of... Goldsbottom. Nice. And they've come out with a new game in Goldsbottom called Thief's Market. Basically, Goldsbottom has now become a um, prosperous harbor. And so with that comes people stealing stuff because there's a lot of stuff to steal. And so Thief's Market, you've stolen loot and you're trying to move the loot. And I thought it sounded like a fun game. And I'm a sucker for continuing th themes. So I funded that one. Nice. It's called Thief's Market. Thief's Market. Thief's. So not thieves. Yeah. Thief's. Singular thief. Th singular possessive thieves. Thief's. Does that mean the apostrophe comes before or after the yes? It's T-H-E-I-F apostrophe S. Okay. I, possessives are... I, I don't... <laughs> uh, I before E except after the... <laughs> I bef yeah, yeah, it's I before E. Yeah, okay. I'm trying to spell and, these out. You guys are killing me, Smalls. The last one I was going to mention has not – the campaign has not started yet, but one of my favorite games, The Captain is Dead, is about to kickstart Episode 3. Nice. Yeah. Episode 3. What was Episode 2? Episode 2 is they get stuck in an asteroid field, and so the aliens catch back up to you, and they're attacking That's you, right. and then you've got asteroids okay. hitting the ship. And... Yeah, we've not actually played have... Episode 2 yet. 
Okay. I wonder if they have one where you guys go down on a planet and you lose your mind or you're captured by people and have to go on this horrible long trek. They totally should because that's brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Ah, self-plug. So that's all I have for Kickstarter. Nice. Did you look at any, Joshua, and see any that you liked? Um, I've been really distracted lately. I did see one called Codex, which is the kind of living card game that Tracy was talking about earlier, where you get all the cards and then make your deck out of all of the options. Uh, The one thing that struck me as interesting about it is the turns are asynchronous, so you have no interrupt or deal damage or stop you know, cards that you can play during your opponent's turn to mess them up. It's just you building on your turn and then seeing if you can defend or, you know, what you build holds up to their attacks. So, I, is it – tell me if I'm wrong on that. That kind of sounds like uh, that hacker game. Oh, man, brain fart. Oh, the Netrunner, Netrunner, Netrunner. we're talking about? Netrunner. It's similar except for both sides really are kind of the same thing. Netrunner's okay. big amazing plug is that it's asymmetrical. That, you know, the two players are playing against each yeah. other, but they've got completely different styles, objectives, and goals. You can't I do like Netrunner. be doing the same thing. But, uh, I, I mean, there's so much going on at Kickstarter, but for me, I'm kind of absorbed with Greater Than Games just because I actually get to, you know, talk with the creators and actually oh, yeah. pick their brains, and that just kind of... Uh, you'll see it as it's happening, just really absorbs you. Yeah, the uh, the guy that does a lot of their PR stuff is really their face. He has great hair. I don't know, just he does. He has anyway. <laughs> not really with the game. I'm just he has great hair. So another Kickstarter that's in progress is one Tavern Tales. It's a free independent RPG. It's like the Fate one. This is just to make the book. They've already got the rules. They had reached out to us, and luckily, we were able to work in a short 10-minute interview, and I'm going to edit it in real smooth. Your Reddit thing is actually, it's very active. I thought that was really cool, too. I, I like, design games all the time, like, on my own for fun, and I probably designed two dozen games, but typically what happens is I'll design a game, I'll play it once with my friends, and then, like, throw it away or delete it and never touch it again. And Tavern Tales was the first game where I felt like, you know, I can actually maybe do something with this. So I released it to the public, and um, they've been the community's kind of been helping me build it. I'm basically a one-man operation. It's, it's nice just being able to have a forum who can, like, hey, guys, this idea is stupid, or is it cool? And <laughs> they'll always tell me why it's stupid. Nice. Actually, I probably should have saved that for the interview. Let me go ahead and start, because I'm not really a professional interviewer or anything. Anyway. Joining us is Dabney Bailey, the creator of Tavern Tales. Thank you so much for taking your time to join us. Thanks for, thanks for having me. I've looked over the rules in the Kickstarter, and uh, this game has been going on for about five years, so you know better than I do. Can you explain it? Maybe give some... How would you describe this system and game? All right, well, Tavern Tales is a uh, fantasy-themed role-playing game that, that emphasizes customization, cinema, cinematics, and uh, basically, it empowers the players and the GM to play what you want, how you want. Basically, I, I sort of built this game from the ground up because I got really frustrated by a lot of games nowadays don't really let you play what you want to play. They sort of force you to play what the game designer's interpretation of something is supposed to be. A good example of this is like um, 
sword, like sword mages. And it's very rare that I'll have a uh, play an RPG where what the designers put into the game synchronizes with what I think sword mages should be. Like they might be a little bit too magical for my taste or a little bit too uh, physically oriented for my taste, or, you know, they could be spiritual in nature. So I designed Tavern Tales to let players, uh, it's, it's almost like Legos rather than like saying, here's the finished toy for you to play with. It's like, here are all the parts of the toy that you can put together to build the toy that you want to play with. So I think it'll appeal to, to gamers who, you know, want to be able to explore the game the way they want to explore it. Nice. I was actually, it's a good segue. I was going to say you've, the thing talks about combat, but also about exploration and interaction and different things. Can you go more into what you mean by explore? Um, what do you mean exploring in terms of like exploring systems or exploring as the, as the game mechanic? The, in, in, inside the game, you said one of the game, one of the game's mechanics is not just combat, but exploration. Yeah. This, this goes back to when, um, about four years ago, when I tried out Dungeon Dragons 4th Edition, which is a really combat-heavy game. And, uh, like, I'm not criticizing Dungeon Dragons 4th Edition necessarily, but one thing that I found frustrating with it was you have, you know, hundreds and hundreds of combat powers, and then you had these utility powers. And I remember thinking, oh, it's cool that they have this little part of the game partitioned away for non-combat actions. But a lot of the stuff that they had utility powers was actually just different kinds of combat powers and i found that really really frustrating and i sort of started wondering about it thinking you know it would be nice if rpgs offered as much dedication to the other parts of rpgs those being exploration and interaction as they gave towards combat and then i started thinking well you've got these like boring archetypes like the the fighter the soldier who basically are just combatants can they have fun out of combat things besides like just being intimidating or having like you know being able to carry a lot of stuff with their big muscles and so i like whipped open a, a word document and started experimenting and that was sort of like the early stages of, of tavern tales i guess uh tavern tales gives you options outside of combat because people in role-playing games are more than just fighters they're more than just you know weapons and and fireballs so tavern tales is equally split between combat exploration and interaction um it doesn't matter what archetype you are if you're a wizard or a fighter or a bard you will have social options available to you and you'll have exploration options available to you so everyone can be useful in every situation nice tavern tales is never going to have a situation where it's like oh i'm the fighter and i'm just going to sit back and not do anything while the bard socializes because fighter has a lot of really cool social abilities they're just different from the bards yeah i like a lot of games that have focus on not even focus on but have a lot of social interaction or either some kind of mental combat not just physical combat you know other thing conflict resolution that's not just physical mm -hmm. so you're talking about customization and i saw on the website you talked about uh getting to the kickstarter uh if it's very successful you're talking about releasing other things not just this is like a medieval fantasy setting but you're also talking like a sci-fi and talking about customability how open is this system to like player players having like homebrew rules and oh uh, the the game in many different areas specifically tells you how to play within the boundaries to create your own definitions for example one of the key one of the key mechanics of tavern tales 
is collaborate. An example being, uh, there's an ability to teleport. And instead of saying, you know, you can teleport two miles, it says you can teleport, collaborate with your GM about what that means. So it's up to you to say, okay, GM, I want to teleport, but I want to be more like Nightcrawler, which means really short distance, uh, rapid fire teleports. And then someone else could be like, I want to be able to teleport, but I want to be able to teleport to the other side of the planet. So instead of being able to do it all the time, maybe I can only do it once a day, or maybe it exhausts me. And the GM and the player work together, they collaborate and determine the limitations. And there's a lot of other um, abilities in the game that function like that. And overall, that's sort of the uh, that's very representative of the core philosophy of Tavern Tales, which is it's my job to inspire you. It's my job to enable you. But it's your job to use the tools to build what you want to build. Nice. Speaking of the Kickstarter before, uh, I see there's a lot of activity. You've got a Reddit subreddit and everything. Uh, What is this Kickstarter for? Just for people listening. Sure. The Kickstarter is for the book. I wrote the the rules, which are in a PDF, uh, available for free on the Kickstarter if you guys want to check it out and play. The game will always has and always will be free. Um, I personally believe the RPG industry runs more on passion than on money. <laughs> so um, this, this Kickstarter is essentially optional. This is for people who care enough about Tavern Tales that they want to have a hardcover book. So if you like the game and you think it's, you know, you want to have it on your bookshelf and you like the art, then uh, please support because I'd like to have I'd like to have one on my shelf, too, to be honest. Nice. Uh, in closing, last thing, is there anything else you'd like to add to maybe convince people to help on the campaign or just add in general? Uh, sure. Um, I said that I'm sort of a I'm basically a one man project. I'm more or less doing this all by myself, but um, about three or two years ago, I released the game into open beta in the public, and I started the Tavern Tales subreddit on reddit.com. And I've sort of built a following of uh, really diehard fans. And I am a very um, open and collaborative designer. Instead of just like implementing something and then sending out the rule book and saying, hey, everyone, here's the new rules, I will be like, hey, here's a mechanic I'm thinking about adding. What can I do to fix it? I'm concerned about it not working right here. What can I do? And the community, you know, throws ideas at me and tells me uh, what I can do better, how I can implement it well. So if you're the type of person who likes the game design portion of um, RPGs, I really encourage you to come join the subreddit because the community has been truly instrumental in helping Tyrant Tales grow. So, you know, the, the more... Many hands make light work, as they say. The more people I have helping me, nice. the more uh, well-rounded the Tavern Tales has become. Nice. Well, thank you very much for your time. Uh, thanks for having me. Smooth like and no one will ever notice. Interesting. I like yeah. that. Just being able to work out the balance and you know just establish it and sticking to it at the beginning. That's, yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, that sounds like a great idea, I think. Yeah, it seemed pretty cool. So yeah, people should at least go check it out. The rules are in a free PDF on the Kickstarter. They have a Reddit forum. So I mean, this isn't like for the game. You can go ahead and play the game. It's about just publishing the the book. And he also said about this isn't really about making money because he's already decided that the whole board game and tabletop community works off of the love of the system, not so much love of money, which is very true. But it'd be cool to check out. 
Uh, is there any other Kickstarter things you guys had, or we can just get into the good stuff? That's all I had. To the good stuff. What have you guys been playing? Uh, I got my new Sentinels expansion from last year, uh, Villains of the Multiverse, and I've finally been able to play oh. that over and over again. Oh, I actually, yeah, I've um, one of one of our friends got that as well, and I got to play it with her. She doesn't like to do the math, so she invites me to do the math. I'm like, oh no, don't force me to play Sentinels of the Multiverse, no. <laughs> so. Oh, I also, speaking of that, I got these new, I got them from Amazon. They're these uh, clickers for crocheting, but uh-huh. they're, they're usually, they're they're, round, they're like a donut, and they're meant to slide on top of the pins or whatever they're called. I don't crochet, yeah, yeah, but yeah. they've got two clickers on them, and somebody suggested to me that you could use one for the tens place and one for the ones place, which usually now, and I usually do like, well, I learned from you, Joshua, I do a D6 for the tens and a D10 for the ones. Uh-huh. But the whole clicker thing is they're cheap, and also if you bump them, you, they don't lose the health points. And so, since they're not made for gaming, they're actually pretty cheap. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I played some of the villain things. I liked some of them a little bit. I'm not a big fan of villain, hero, villain, hero, villain, hero, villain, hero. But it seemed pretty fun. What about you, Tracy? Well, one game that I, I feel like I have to mention because it's awesome that I don't want to talk too much about it, is time stories. Yes, we got to play some time stories. Say what you want about it, and then I'm going to say what I think about it. Well, well, I'm just going to say very briefly because it's a game where it is really awesome to play, but once you've learned some things, it's hard to replay a, the same scenario. But I really love how you know it's investigation, and you've got to follow the clues, and you're not just going to accidentally stumble on the ending. No, yeah, I replayability definitely is not a big thing, but the one time you do play it, it's nice. You have to work with each other. It can get tense sometimes because some, like you have to do everything together. Even if you think that I think it's better if we go over here, you have to. It's a whole you have to communicate with people and things get tense. There was one point where we did something and I was like, we have to do this. This is an obvious clue, and it was a red herring, and it turned out funny. I think other people were annoyed, but I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> but overall, I think the game was like, even after playing it, like I think it was hyped up a little too much. It's fine. It's different. I like that it's different, but it's, I'm looking forward to the next one because this one had some issues, I think with just some bugs. I'm, but I'm just happy. It's a, it's not a Euro game that everybody's excited about. And for the next one, don't shower and wear your flannel shirt. For we're going to 1992. Is that what it is? Yeah. Oh man, I didn't know that. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, what else? What else have you guys been playing? Anything? Last night I played a new game called. Well, it's not brand new, but it's Progress: The Evolution of Technology, and I would say it's a 2014 game. But it was the first time I had ever played it. It's kind of Seven Wonders like. But it's got a like a Sid Meier civilization style tech tree. Ooh. And it's a really interesting game of building technology and the technology gets you things to earn points and helps you get future technology. And the way the tech tree works is you don't need a previous technology to discover something new, but it tells you if you have pre- the exact prerequisites for something in play already, then 
whatever it is you have the prerequisites for, you play for free. Nice. You know what's weird? Yeah. I've never liked the Civilization games, but I love one of my favorite computer games is Alpha Centauri, which is Civilizations but on a different planet. I don't but know why. Space, yeah. yeah, it's the same thing, but I never got into the Civ games. Speaking of games, what are you guys going to play in the next month or something? I know we're playing Time Stories 2. Yeah. What about you, Joshua? Got anything big planned? See, outside of Sentinels and Greater Than Games stuff, probably not so much. I've got uh, a couple of people that have not played but maybe one RPG before in their lives. Uh, of course, the guy's a little more excited about it than the fiancé. But um, they have asked me to try and introduce them to D&D. I try to talk them into some of my more favorite RPGs, but you know, they've heard of D and D. They want to try it. So, if they haven't played before, why not just play Fate and tell them it's D and D? Well, well, they bought the books, so. Wow, oh, that's adorable. I guess yeah. I mean, it'll be fun. I, well, actually, you're a good GM, so it'll be fine. Well, I think the story will be fun, and mostly, I just love being able to introduce people to the hobby, and hopefully it really sinks into them because it seems like they've really, really wanted to play for a while. Nice. I know we're supposed to be playing a uh, Ghostbusters RPG you've been talking about for two months. Yeah. We made characters, but we still haven't played. I'm excited to play that. I was just going to say one thing that's cool for new people that is going on here in Durham, and I imagine it's going on other places, is the public library actually has RPG things that happen on the weekends like, for example, there's this guy that comes in on Sundays, and he runs one-shot D&D stuff. And I've noticed that, and a lot of libraries do that now. Yeah, and even last weekend, he had a – he was more of a tutorial and discussion about RPG gaming. Nice. Yeah, kids, check out your local library. <laughs> so that's gonna, That's our plug because we got that sweet library money this month. I forgot to tell you guys. Uh, what do you guys wish you could play that you either can't or don't have? I'm going to go ahead and say mine. Dresden Files cooperative card game. Whatever. That's not anything new. Wish I'd you like could to play. play that time game you guys are talking about, but nobody here seems to have it. It's – I don't know if it's a gear. Um, at least check with them, but play with it with – what is it, like four people you have to play with, Tracy? Yes. And it takes hours. And it can, it's, it's, I would, I would, you know, I would, if we're going to go to suggesting games, I would suggest it. And plus it's only like 20 bucks, I think. 20 bucks for a game? I can probably scrounge that up somehow. 20 bucks for a game that doesn't have much replayability. That's a thing. Which well, makes I mean, you know, you can uh, think, what is it, 60, 70 into the Pandemic Legacy. And you yeah, get, true. you know, 10 games and then you can't play it anymore, but. It, everybody says it's still worth that much money. So. Yeah, and I, I would say agree this, this game is worth. is worth the twenty bucks. Yeah, Ooh. we played it once, and if if Abel's like, "Hey, can we split it five bucks each?" Totally, I would not even think about it. Like, yeah, totally. Here's five bucks. It's it's worth that. What about you, Tracy? Anything you wish you could play? Well, one game I'm looking to get into is, and it might actually be possible soon because I know some people that own it. I've been hearing some buzz around it is Blood Rage. I don't know a lot about it, but it just it sounds fun. Nice. Sweet. Is there uh, anything else you guys want to add before we end the fancy dancy show? You know, a friend of mine had a cool idea, and I think we're going to try to do it, is you hear about all these different 
crates and boxes you can order crate and that kind of thing. Yeah. And some of them are hit and miss, and some of them are really not worth it. Well, th- there's one out there for board games, and I don't recall what it's... Um, I think it's board game bento box or something like that. But there, there's one out there for board games that's about 50 bucks a month. And it's three board games. Well, my friend's idea is get together... And I thought this was pretty brilliant. Get together a group of about eight people, split the cost, have a gaming weekend where you play through, you know, with eight people, you could break up into two groups of four, play all the games. Nice. At the end of the night, you kind of have a raffle to give out the games, and then you just repeat the same thing. And so each month, each person's paying about six, seven bucks, and you get to play new games. That's not a bad idea. I know. That sounds pretty cool. I know there's a couple, actually a couple podcasts called the whole sponsorship with Bento Box is one of them, but I don't know which one's just for board gaming. That's a really cool idea. I like that. I like kids checking out their library. Anything from you, Joshua? No, I think I've said my piece. Sweet. We have said our piece. Nothing else to add? I think I'm good. Sweet. I will bid everyone adieu or whatever that word is. Laters. See ya. Thank you for listening to Tabletop Antibodies. If there's any information, tabletop gaming news, whatever it is you'd like to bring to our attention, you can do that at burneverythinggaming at gmaw.com. You can also find us at Twitter at burneverythingg or just our Facebook. We'd love to hear from you. Keep enjoying.